The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. God is good. I hope uh, those in the internet church are enjoying God with us. We are having a beautiful time here. We believe you are. Pastor Femi, how are you doing? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Today we will speak about what did they know that we should know? What did they know that we should know? And um, we have to look at the lives of eight people in the Bible. When it comes to this kind of figure, when I say eight like this, Pastor Femi counts it as 80. You say that is 80 because he likes five, four, seven. So once it's more than that, the thing is already 80 and 100. <laughs> Amen. And uh, it was only six of eight that we took in the first service. We'll take the full eight now, so I will cut short some of the details that I gave in the first service in preference for completion. So I will complete this one. Amen. We will look a bit below the surface because that is where the Jews really usually is. When you want to take an orange, how do you take it? You pluck it from the tree, you take the orange, you begin to eat, right? What do you do? Yes. You should peel it, cut off the edge. What you take is inside. It's not outside. So we're going to go uh, below the surface. Glory be to God. So the first person we will look at is Abraham. Is Ibrahim here? Where's Ibrahim? Ah, it's not around. Okay. You see, we even have Ibrahim here, you see? That's Abraham. Glory be to God. Abraham had no child. But God dealt with him on the basis that he will order his household aright. God was dealing with Abraham on the basis that he will order his household aright. Many times, God is dealing with us on the basis of what we are yet to do because he knows us. So if, God, if what God knows you to be is not what you should be, you had better changes for your own benefit because it is on record. It is being recorded what you are and how you are. 
So let's look at Abraham in Genesis 18. And you will actually read from your Bible. Is there a law? Aha, good. Now they are taking their phones. I wanted to say that is there a law that people in the choir should not come with their Bibles? Glory be to God. It's good to open your Bible. You know, also, you can see that we don't have enough contrast here. So we don't really have the full benefit of reading from the screen as we normally do. Um, I, I think we we'll still look for what we can do to try to get a contrast because it usually adds a lot of value that we can read the scriptures uh, like that. So let us go to Genesis 18. The Lord appeared. Okay. I will cut this part short. Um, you will read it on your own when you get home. But I will bring out the points to you. Um, if you look at that place in the Bible, Abraham was sitting outside his tent at the hottest part of day. And he noticed three people. Three totally unknown people. They were traveling. It was clear that they were traveling. He ran to go and meet them. They didn't come to him. He ran to go and meet them and he said, Please, wait here a little bit. Rest under this tree. Let us fetch some water to clean your feet. Let's give you food and drink. But relax small, and then you can continue on your journey. He didn't know them. He didn't ask them who they were. But he already made some conclusions. One, these people must be weary, tired, if they are traveling in this heat at this time. Okay? So, they need help. They didn't come to him to say they needed help. He inferred, he concluded that they needed help. And he now went to them and begged to be helped. That's what happened. If you read it, you see. He begged them, please, rest here small. Rest here small. And when he said that, they said, okay, we will. He rushed to the wife. Oh yeah, quickly, quickly. Go and make food. Then he went into the heart by himself. And what did he get from the place? He went to get a cow. He went to get a young, tender cow. That is heavy money in future. For how many people? Three people. Three people. He could have gotten chicken. He could have gotten a goat. He could have gotten a lamb. Okay? Or he could have taken the leftover from the house. 
Because they will be preserving and they will always have leftover. They didn't have uh, refrigerators. But when they kill a cow, it can last a week now. So he could have taken from the house. But he went and he chose a young tender one. It won't be rough meat. The thing won't have uh, all those ishan. You know ishan? Tendon. Fresh and tender. That's what he prepared for them. And then he said, oh yeah, let's cook it. Let's roast it. How long does it take to roast a, to roast a cow? And prepare it with the stew and serve it. Minimum one hour. Am I right or I'm wrong? Eh? Can it be less than one hour? So it could be two hours. Okay? Because they will kill it. They will cut it. They will roast it. They will prepare it. They will season it. And all that. Because of three people that he did not know. He didn't know them. But he saw these people have a need. Let me meet their need. Said, and after that, you can continue on your journey. And then, after he served them, he didn't sit down to eat with them as if them be meat, them be gang. Have you heard that expression before? I know be your gang, yo. Have you heard it before? Who be your gang? You and who self? So, he didn't sit down to eat with them. He stood by and waited on them like their houseboy. He was a rich man. He was a rich man. He was a big man. But he stood and waited on them. Hmm? It was while they were boozing original suya. You know suya now? Correct suya. With yogurt. Read it. It's there. With yogurt and milk. You know yogurt and milk. They are cousins, but uh, they are not the same. Complete with suya. With um, uh, bread. It needed dough. Full meal. They sat down. They were eating. He stood by waiting on them. If it was you or I, at least, the very least, we will at least join them. We will eat together now. Give me now my house. Now my cow now. Eh? Now my bread. Eh? Now my yogurt. Eh? You know, so, today in the equivalent, eh? Let me say, um, um, the juice day there, um, the uh, chivita day, coke day, and that one day, with suya and uh, Maybe with uh, this thing from uh, what else? Then the chop says shawarma. Hmm? Complete. But he waited on them, and they were eating. It was when they were eating that he got the first clue that maybe these are not ordinary people. Okay. I see someone sleeping. <laughs> I will soon start grabbing anybody that is sleeping. Listen. You see, the heat, you get as it be, eh? You are free to stand up if you see that you are having problems keeping your eyes open. But if I grab you while you are sleeping, you will stand here. 
And uh, if you are like uh, a classmate of mine, we, I used to make fun of him that this is the only guy I know who can be jogging in broad daylight on the street and still be sleeping. <laughs> because that guy could sleep anywhere, anytime. He didn't need any effort. <laughs> so I will see whether you will still be able to sleep right here when all of us are looking at you. So seriously, feel free to get up or something like that. Uh, the, the heat is not easy. Our AC is not particularly working. Amen. Okay, so the first time he got an impression something is amiss is when they asked him, where is Sarah, your wife? Ah, don't say to him, say, wait you. How did come Sabi, my wife's name? That was the first. And he said, she's in. Now, let's ask some questions. Then they promised that Sarah herself would have her own son. I'm asking you, what would have happened if he didn't go to invite them? Perhaps they would just pass him by and there will be no child of promise. Okay? Now, secondly, when they finished eating, he didn't just stand at his tent and say, okay, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed your visit. That was very kind of you. Bye. God bless you. Bye. <laughs> he didn't do that. What did he do? He started escorting them to where they were going. They were already three. So three people cannot be alone. But he was escorting them so that when he was returning, he would have to be. But it didn't matter. That was part of his hospitality. He was escorting them. It was while he was escorting them that God asked himself a question. Oh, no. Am I going to hide from Abraham the thing that I'm about to go and do? It was not discussed in his house. So the issue came up at the extended leg of his hospitality. Everybody say extended leg. So you should extend the leg of your hospitality. It will pay you more than it will cost you. Therefore, you will make a profit. Profit is the excess of income over cost. Everybody is laughing. <laughs> That's what profit is. Hospitality will cost you. But you will always make a profit. The first leg of hospitality produced the promise of a son for Sarah in her old age. That's the first leg. The second leg of hospitality brought him into the deep counsel of God which he did not share with men. 
Are you hearing me? Many of us want to enter into the depths of God without paying the usual price of entering into depth. It doesn't work like that. Oh, will I hide from this guy what I'm going to do? Seeing that, that's another leg. Seeing that he will order his children and his household aright to do justice and judgment so that I may bring to pass on Abraham what I have spoken about him. Aha. So what God spoke about him was conditional. Amen. Everybody say conditional. Every promise of God is conditional. If you break the condition, you will not inherit the promise. So, whether you inherit the promise or not does not depend on God alone. It also depends on you. That means, if the man did not, hmm, if the man did not do as God expected he would do, then the thing which God promised him may not come to pass. It's conditional. Amen. And I gave the example that the man Moses, he was destined to lead Israel out of Egypt and to lead them into the promised land. Sorry. He did one. He did not do the other. He could not do the other because he broke his own part. There is a part that you must play. Okay? So, another thing, therefore, is that the reason God said he should share this with him is based on what he had not yet done. But God expected what he would do based on what he had been doing. God is recording your acts of charity. Your acts of care or lack of care. Your acts of whether you are disciplining your children or you are not. They are directly connected to whether you will inherit the promise that belongs to you. The promises are not automatic. Nothing is automatic. Nothing is automatic. Even God himself, when he came in the flesh to fulfill an assignment, it was not automatic that he would succeed. It was not. He had to labor through and to complete it. Otherwise, he would have failed. Okay? Adam and Eve failed. That's why we are in this trouble. It's up to you whether you succeed or fail. Many people, all they do is pray, 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 fast, fast, fast. It's not only that. Your works also matter. Amen? Glory be to God. So, what did Abraham know that we should know? Hebrews 13, 1 to 3. Let brotherly love continue. 
Don't forget to entertain strangers, for some have entertained angels unawares while doing that. Remember those that are in bonds as being bound with them, and those that are suffering adversity as being yourselves also in the body. If you love, you will share. You hear me? If you love, you will share. First John 4, 7 to 8. If you love, you will share. Let me tell you what 1 John 4, 7 to 8 says. It says, watch me what it says. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone that loves is born of God, and he knows God. The one that does not love does not know God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, for all love is from God. Abraham had a primary concern. These people need some help and some support. That was the beginning of the attraction of the conclusion of what God had spoken concerning him. God had made the promise of his seed for a long time. That in Isaac shall thy seed be called, God had known. God had intended that it should be the child of promise, but those things were hanging in the air. It was his hospitality, his kindness, that attracted it to him. Many of you, the way you treat your neighbors, the way you treat those in need, the way you, the way you help or withhold help are the things that are pushing away your blessings from you and you are praying and fasting and wasting your time. It doesn't come by prayer and fasting. It's not a demon for to be cast out. Yeah. It is demon that say this time cometh not by... It doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. Your blessings are not by prayer and fasting. God is watching you. The way you treat others, that's the way God will treat you. God is watching your motives. Abraham was not looking for anything from those people. He was so concerned about their need. To what extent are you sensitive to the need of the people around you? Amen. Okay, so the lesson from the life of Abraham is that we should be kind and we should discipline our children. The reason God talked to him about Sodom, he said, should I do, should I hide from this guy, seeing that he will order his children aright. Amen? I didn't go into those scriptures, you have to read them yourself. It's important for you to read it yourself before you catch what I'm saying, okay? I just want to make the point. Okay, second is David. Now, you all know 1 Samuel 17 very well. Okay? And I'm going to ask you a question. There was the army of Israel. Hmm? They were the army of King Saul. Because Saul was the king of Israel. Excuse me. Who put white powder on my beard? On my mustache? Why is this black and this is white? What happened? Somebody put some powder here. Amen. See, that's the problem of having the screen. I saw it in the screen. I was wondering why that place is black. 
is white. Glory be to God. It's a blessing from God, you know. You know? You know, when we were in secondary school and we wanted to grow those things, we would use methylated spirit and put it. But nothing grew. Amen? Hey, I hope my wife will not hear this. Too. A few weeks ago, I wanted to dye this thing. She said, no, 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 leave it. I said, wait. You want people to think you are married to an old man? I'm a teenager. <laughs> By faith. Amen. So little David, 1 Samuel 17, verse 10. The Israelites saw themselves the way that Goliath the Philistine saw them. I pray for yourself. Say, Father, don't let me see myself the way the Philistines and the devil see me. Watch this, please. First Samuel 17, 10. The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. The armies of where? Give me a man that we may fight together. He saw them as the armies of Israel. Little boy David came, 17 years old. First Samuel 17, 26. D. He says, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. Excuse me? Who said they were the armies of the living God? Who said so? How did he know? Where did that thought come from? Pay attention to what is going on in your heart and how you see yourself. Because you will become and you will manifest in the spirit how you see yourself. You understand? They saw themselves as the armies of Israel. This boy saw them as the armies of the living God. What made him think like that? Because the man was a spiritual person. Enough to know that, excuse me, Israel was no ordinary nation. Israel were the chosen people of God. He knew. The king of Israel forgot. The soldiers of Israel forgot. A young boy that was not yet qualified to enter the army. He knew. He remembered. He knew what they didn't know. <laughs> My friend, know what others don't know. Know what God has called you. So how do we know? That Israel is not ordinary. Deuteronomy 5.26 For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived? That is Israel. Eh? If you look at verse 4 The Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of the fire. Listen. Up till today Israel is still the only country that was together as a people in one place and God that made heaven and earth 
was speaking to them in an audible voice, and they were hearing what he was saying. And the person that was speaking was God. Everybody had. Hey, Israel was not ordinary. Israel was not ordinary, but Israel did not know. But one boy knew that Israel was not ordinary. Hey, people of God, know that you are not ordinary. God that spoke and made all things, he lives in you. Amen. You are the temple of the living God. Why are you running around, scumping around because uh, witches are attacking you or want to attack you and all that kind of thing? Eh? Go deep into who you are and leave it out. As you think in your heart, that is who you are. As a man thinketh in his heart, that is who he is. Colossians 3.3 You are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Okay? Who are you? John 14.19-21 Pay attention to this. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But you see me. Because I live, you shall live also. Aha. They were already alive now. He was talking to them. What did he mean by you will live? You will have a new life. You are living a new life. A life that Colossians 3.3 tells you is hidden with Christ in God. Whether you know it or whether you don't know it will determine whether it is a reality for you. Do you understand? In the olden days when we all forgot that we have access to divine health, Christians were not having any spiritual healing at all. Did you know that? Did you know that? It was not part of Christianity, but they were Christians all along. But they were walking in the limited light that they have. But today it has changed. And you should recognize that you're a new person. You are, you are living a new life. You're a different person. You have a life that is hidden with Christ in God. We have our battles, but our battles don't change who we are. Listen. I, if my first experience with a very bad sickness was uh, in 1975. I was in university. Okay. I know some people here had been born at that time. You had been, if you had been born in 1975, raise up your hand. Raise up your hand like this. If you were already born in 1975, raise it up very well. Amen. So you can see now that uh, the majority of us were not even born then. You know, I had a migraine. I had a migraine out of the blues. And I went to the hospital and uh, only to discover that the migraine didn't have any care. Migraine didn't have any care. And then I learned about uh, divine healing. No do, no do. Mm, 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 mm. My migraine was totally gone. Gone since 1975 till now. Totally gone. I don't have migraine. 1975 till now. Total, 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 total. Then about 10 years ago, and I remember it was so bad that, uh, oh, the boy has gone home now. 
He was in the first service. My second son was very, very naughty. And all of a sudden, I developed a heart problem. Heart. Heart. That's the center of activity, you know. Heart. It was very bad. Heart. Heart disease. Ah, heart. And I said, ah, ah, God, born again me. Heart. And then they would take the x-ray. Ah, your heart is enlarged. Ah. And uh, a daughter of mine, the father died of an enlarged heart. Ah, heart. Oh, heart. Heart. It was a serious thing, you know. No be joking. You know. Why I remember that, my son, was that he was naughty, so he usually deserved a lot of caning, beating. And because of the heart problem, by the time I gave him some of his cane like this, but then I say, myself, go die. So, I now started a system. I said, okay, I'm owing you six strokes of the cane now. I had a lesson teacher. He was in secondary school. He was in secondary school then. I had a lesson teacher that would come. Mr. Philip, a graduate of physics. So, when he came, I would accumulate his cane. Eh? And then I would say, I, 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 I promise you, I will not owe you this debt. I will pay all the debt. So when Mr. Philip comes, Mr. Philip, 18. <laughs> and the man will give him the full 18. And I will make sure they hold him. Why? Because the heart, my heart, I had a heart disease. Don't you understand? Heart. <laughs> it was very bad. <laughs> then I was praying. <laughs> Me, I'm a new person, you know. How old am I that I have a heart disease? I prayed, prayed, prayed. Trust God, trust God. Don't let me go into too much detail because of time. But the key thing was that by the time we finished, there was no sign of any heart disease anymore. No sign. I took tests here. I took tests in London. I took tests in India. No sign. They used to say, are you sure you actually had a heart disease? I said, yes. I had different cardiologists. Heart. Totally healed. Totally healed. Totally healed. Migraine. Totally healed. Heart. Totally healed. Everything. Totally healed. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Glory be to God. I had a son then. He became my son because God pointed me to the wife. And God said, see that girl. And I saw a girl wearing jeans and making shakara. I said, what about her? God said, tell her, I want to see her husband. Yeah, this one gets husband. So since I didn't know her, and I just called her, I was just a floor person in church. Come. Say, where's your husband? She said, he hasn't arrived yet. He didn't get husband too true. <laughs> he hasn't arrived yet. I said, when he comes, tell him, God says he wants to see him. So he should come and see me. I was an ordinary floor member in church. Amen? Okay? Anyway, that's how they became my children. They had problems having children and it was very tough. And, uh, and uh, God uh, 
intervened. That was why God wanted me to see him. And I took and said, my friend, you will pray and your head will nearly... I took him to the mountain to go and pray. We prayed, 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 prayed. Hmm? One and a half years after, their first son was born. Victor is now in university in London. It's now in university in London. I think they had caught one tube of the wife and the other tube was blocked. So it was like they would never have children. They have their children. The boy, they jolly for university now. Yes? Amen. See, God wants us to know we are special, we are different. We have a right to expect things that he paid to get for us. Mm-hmm, he paid. Mm-hmm. It was not free of charge. So don't shortchange the father. I'll this one, don't die. Oh. I bet somebody come and help me. This fan is dead. And that one is dead. I think they come from that source. Somebody please come and help. Glory be to God. Expect to be what God has called you. David recognized that Israel had access to the power of God in battle. That's the difference between him and the other soldiers. Do you understand? You have access to the power of God. You did not ask him. He knew what you needed and he provided for it. Go ahead and get it. It's your own. It's your birthright. As many as received him, gave him power to be called the sons of God. The sons of God are not ordinary people. We are not. We are not. God forbid that you be ordinary. God forbid that you be ordinary. We are not limited to natural things. When David said to Goliath, I will cut off your head and give your body to the beasts of the field. He didn't even have a sword in his hand. You understand? Whether you will get to where you are going doesn't depend on you or on your strength or on your ability. It does not. The man dealt with Goliath according to his knowledge of God, according to what was in his heart. Glory be to God. So, see yourself as God sees you. I beg you. Okay? So, the lesson we learned from David is you should know who you are. You understand? Know who you are. God does not walk the way we walk. Amen? Just obey him. Just obey him. Amen? For donkey years, I had no income. And I continued to live. I was obeying God. God supplied all my need. And there were times that it was very, very tough. Amen? But it is, we, we live on him. 
we have eaten his flesh. We have drunk his blood. He is the one that breaks the bread and it never finishes. He breaks the bread, it never finishes. Amen? Oh, glory be to God. Oh. You must be reminding yourself of who you are. Go into scriptures and immerse yourself in it because if you don't, these promises are not automatic. They are to be applied by the word. Okay? Thirdly, we'll go to Joseph. If you look at Joseph, Genesis 37, 28, hmm? he was sold to Midianite businessmen. Businessmen from Midian. Okay? And then in verse 36, the Midianites sold him into Egypt, unto Potiphar. So, poor Joseph was a piece of property. He was the subject of a commercial transaction. The Midianites bought him for 20 pieces of silver. They sold him. They knew they were not going to use him. They sold him to Potiphar. Maybe after some negotiation and all that. Then they collected his money. The guy was a piece of property. He was a slave. He had no right. But he knew who he was in God and he cheerfully continued to serve. I'm trying to get some of the fun. Okay? He cheerfully continued to serve God. He cheerfully did his work. He did it without complaining, without grumbling. Many of us will give God ultimatums. Look, God, I, I've been warning you, if you don't do this thing, whatever you see, don't ask me, oh, because I don't know how you expect me to survive. I don't know at all. I have this rent to pay, you hear? And I have this fee to pay. Eh, because, eh, can you call? Begin quarrel with God. Uh-uh. Him be your gang. Hmm? Amen. You wanted to say something? What was that? No. Wherever you find yourself, be cheerful. Be diligent. Do your best. Reflect God. And then God will reflect himself through you. Potiphar noticed that his affairs, whatever was being handled by Joseph, prospered. God will prosper you if you are faithful in your heart. Doesn't matter if you're a cleaner. That Pastor Femi says, if you're a cleaner, be the best cleaner. Whatever you are doing, do it well and cheerfully. Okay? God remained with Joseph under any circumstance. And so, what is the lesson we learn from the life of Joseph? Serve joyfully and faithfully in every situation. Whether you're a slave, or a servant, or a houseboy, or a housegirl, or um, a night soul man, in the days of night soul men, we don't have them anymore, eh? or a laborer, or a truck pusher, or an MD, or a senator, or the president of Nigeria. Eh? In whatever situation you are, serve joyfully and faithfully. It is people like that that God promotes. 
Many of you are not promoted because you are a grumpy, grumbling, murmuring person when you are set over little. That is why God has refused to set you over much. The Bible says, he that is faithful in what? In little shall be set over much. Check yourself whether you are faithful in little. Amen. Number four, we look at Elisha. Okay? In 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17. Eh? When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. How did Elisha know that there are more with us than those that are against us? How did he know? How did he know? Let me give you one common sense analogy that many of us are not aware of. Common sense analogy. What percentage of the angels fell? Eh? Eh? One third of the angels fell. That means the angels of God are what percentage? Two-thirds. Two-thirds is what? 66.666%. We round it up to 67%. If you don't like God very much, round it down to 66%. Is that still a majority? Okay. So what percentage of humanity is born again? In other words, if, there, if everybody... If those born again and those not born again, if they are equal numbers, first of all, we have twice as many angels as their own angels. That's level one. We have already beaten them two to one. Abby? Okay? Now, what percentage of humanity is born again? Obviously, less than 10%. Eh? So, two to one. So, how many angels are available per believer? Eh? From ratio of two to one, it becomes 20 to one. It becomes 20 to one. Common, common sense arithmetic. 20 to one. Before we start talking of revelation, no? 20 to one. Okay. How many angels are needed to kill 185,000 Assyrian soldiers? One. 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 You don't have to start counting. One. How many angels are needed to lock up devil, the devil into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years? It's one. It was one single angel that took the devil 
and bound him and threw him into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. One. Abba now. So there are more that be with us than they that be with them. Jesus asked Peter, he said, uh, 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 uh. this one way they take a sword, they cut air. This is not how we fight this thing now. He took the air and put it back. And the air came back. He said, don't you know that if I wanted, I would have asked my father for thousands of angels and he would send them immediately. He would send them immediately. When it was not his time to give himself, whenever they wanted to kill him, he would just pass through the midst of them. Eh? He would pass through the midst of them. Amen? But how did Elisha know what the king of Aram was saying in his chambers? People of God, we need spiritual gifts. That's the lesson from the life of Elisha. We need spiritual gifts, and spiritual gifts are available for us. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 7. We have different spiritual gifts, but they are meant for the benefit and good. Excuse me, I need help with this fan. This place is hot. No, let somebody fan, fan. Huh? You're working on it. No. This one is on. This is not on. Ah, okay. You know, I don't have to practice going through heat because I'm not going to hell, you know? In heaven, we don't have this kind of um, thing, you know? It's very cool in heaven, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Glory be to God. Now, our life should depend on God for spiritual gifts. They are needed. Excuse me? They are needed. God didn't give them in vain. He gave them because they are needed. When he sent them, he said, go ye into all the world and what? Preach the gospel unto every creature. But he said what? He said, don't go yet. He said, Wait! In Jerusalem, until you be endued with power. We need power. We need the power of God eh, to survive this battle. It's a spiritual battle. We do need the power of God. Is that clear? Don't be proud if you don't have the power of God. Pray for it. Oh. <laughs> you need it, yo. Mm. You need it. And you need spiritual gifts. You need to be guided so that you will not go astray and get into trouble. Sometime in 1977, we went for village evangelism between Ibadan and Oyo. And uh, we had a school bus then for the campus fellowship. And uh, we were coming back at night and the, I think we had a flat tire. And uh, we parked and we were changing the tire. And I was now going away. I wanted to go and we. And my people, you know, we, we, 
You know it. We. So I wanted to go and we, and uh, I was going away uh, from the vehicle, you know, because we were both boys and girls. And I hadn't gone, I had not gone more than here to that fan. And the Holy Ghost said, stop here. I said, Mbao, how will I stop? He said, stop here. I said, no. The girls are around. <laughs> you know, see these sisters now. How do you think they will feel if they see me and peeing in that place? <laughs> eh? They will say to themselves, what did they do themselves? <laughs> this guy is not serious. But God says, stop here. Ah. I said, no, this is not decent. It's too close to where they are. You know what he did? He just opened my eyes. You know what I saw? Eh? There was this bus. There was our bus. And there was something like a calabash upside down. You know when you cut a calabash upside down? Hmm? It was a massive ball of fire. Hmm? Like a bowl. Covering us. In this. And outside it were all kinds of devils. And fallen angels. Mad at what we had done. Because we dealt with the devil in the villages where we went to preach. There were many healings. Many people were saved. We demonstrated the power of God. How many people know Billy Akoni? You know him? He was our interpreter. I was preaching in English. He was translating to Yoruba. We dealt with the devil. So they were very annoyed with us. And there was this ball of fire. And I was just about to cross that ball of fire. To, be, to go outside. And they were waiting they had actually moved. Many of them had moved to the place where I was coming out from, waiting for me to come out. If I came out, they may have damaged me. That's why God said, stop here. And when I was talking about decency and the girls, then I got open my eyes. Say, this was a past matter of girl. <laughs> so, so from that indecent angle, now I come back them. <laughs> I can't, be, I can't begin to wee. <laughs> Don't be me go. Don't be me go. God, come on. Come take care. Amen? When your eyes need to be opened, God will open your eyes. Amen. Believe it and trust him for it. Listen, we are not ordinary. Look to the person beside you. Say, you are not ordinary. <laughs> say, you are a new person. Your life is hidden with God in Christ. But I beg. Tell them, I beg. Open eye. Shine your eye. Uh -huh. Wait on God. Let him show you what you need to know. Okay? Those gifts were needed to protect Israel and they were made available. God will make available everything that you need. Amen? So the lesson from Elisha is that spiritual gifts are needed and they are available to us. Avail of them. In 1 Corinthians 12, there are all kinds of gifts of the Spirit and they are complete in the body. The Bible says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. Listen, 
There are very few gifts of the Spirit that I have not manifested. The reason is this. When that is what is needed, eh, God will give it. That's why. It's not a personal thing for you to keep in your pocket. And no man knows all things. It is God that determines. Eh? But what we need, he will give us. The first service, I gave the example of when God came to warn me that there was a concerted attack of the devil against me. I had to start praying and fasting, he said. And so the fasting began on the spot, even though I had eaten that day. It began on the spot. Because God said, if they meet me like this, they will damage me. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a spiritual war. Mm-hmm. And you need weapons of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And you have to spend time with God and you have to wait on God. They just don't come like that, but they are available. Everything you need. Eh? <laughs> the Bible says that all things that pertain to life and godliness have been given to us. First Peter. How many things? All things that pertain to what? Life and what? Godliness. Amen. Next, we will look at Job now. Okay? In the midst of all his troubles, Job 19, 25 to 27, Job makes a very remarkable statement. It says that, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Okay? He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Okay. In the first service, I didn't find anything. I thought I didn't put it down. Now, who was Job? Eh? Open to Genesis 46, verse 13. Job was not an imaginary character. Job was a son of Issachar. Okay? The sons of Issachar were Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron. That Jashub, in King James, it is Job. So Job was actually a son of Issachar, who was the son of Jacob, who was Israel. And Job lived, after all those his problems, he lived another 140 years. Okay, you will see that in verse 16. So that brought him into the time of Moses. Job was a contemporary of Moses. And the book of Job and the five books written by Moses were the first books of scriptures. So the man Job was a prophet. Otherwise, how did he know? the conversation that took place in heaven that led to his problem. You understand? Job and Moses were the first writers of scriptures. Before them, there were no scriptures. But these were people that worked with God unusually. Brethren, there's nothing wrong with you working with God unusually. It depends on you. It doesn't depend on God. So I want you to say to yourself, call, call yourself by name. Call, yeah, call yourself by name. Call, call yourself by name. Say, I will walk unusually with God. I will walk unusually with God. 
I will pay the price to walk unusually with God. The writing of scriptures began with Job and Moses. And they had insight into things that took place in heaven. The things that took place in heaven. And both of them lived around the same time. Because Job lived to be over 200 years. Moses at 120 years was fit enough to go to war. His eyes grew not dim. His natural force abated not. So they had supernatural health beyond what was available to others at their time. Amen? So, expect supernatural God from, from God. Supernatural health from God. Say, Father. Say, Father. Father. Say, Father. Father. Say, thanks to you. And only to you. I'm a new person. I have been raised from the dead into newness of life in Christ Jesus. My life is hidden with Christ in God. I expect supernatural life. I expect supernatural health. Lord, teach me to get it, to have it, to lay hold on it, to claim it, to receive it, to enjoy it, because you paid for it. You paid a very high price. Amen. Ah, glory be to God. So, what we learn from Job is this. Okay? That you should build on the word of God, not on your experience. If you pay more attention to your experience than the word of God, you will be misled. Because what happened to Job, eh? If Job was to walk by his experience, eh? He will miss it. But he did not miss it. He remained what? Faithful. The wife said, what have you benefited from all this you're worshipping God? Cause God and what? Die! He said, you are speaking like one of the foolish women. Hmm? 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 Am I right? That's what he said now. You are speaking like one of the what? Foolish women. Sometimes, one of us, or both of us, could be what? Foolish. There is a price to being foolish. The man said, I know that my redeemer liveth. That takes a great deal of faith to still be talking of his redeemer. And that he will see him. In Job 45.2, Job 42.5, he said, I have heard of you by the hearing of the eye of the ears, but now my eyes see you. Job saw God face to face. Okay? Job saw God face to face. He was faithful in the thickest tribulations. So will you be in the name of Jesus. So the lesson from the life of Job is that you should, don't, you should not let trials overwhelm you nor rob you of the word of God that you have heard. It is the word of God that is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, 
Thy word is settled in heaven. We used to sing those days. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It is settled in heaven for forever, O Take it again. Peter was walking on the water when he paid attention to the word of Jesus. Come. When his attention focused, changed to the storms, he began to what? Sink. Job had known about the Redeemer. And in the midst of the worst thing that could happen to any human being, he said, little, you people are harassing me. I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. He liveth forevermore. I know. I know my I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. He liveth forevermore. Amen. So we will lift him up higher and lift him up higher. Oh, for the Lord is good. I will lift him up. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. Your worship should not depend on what is going on around you. If you don't, li if you don't learn anything from Job, learn only that one thing. And Job, even though he was in distress, says things that were right concerning God. But his friends said rubbish. And God was going to deal with them and said, you, go and offer these sacrifices and let my son Job pray for you, for him will I accept. He said, for you have not said concerning me the things which are right. Be careful what you say about God when things are tough. That is how God knows who you are. God is checking you out. Be very careful. You don't learn any other thing from Job. Learn that one. Glory be to God. Okay. Aha. Uh -huh. Just like it did the last time, this thing has bumped out. 
So there's a time when technology pays you. There's a time when technology misjives. Hmm? Okay? Let's uh, remind ourselves. We have spoken so far about Abraham. And the lesson we learned from Abraham is that you should be kind. And you should discipline your children. Okay? Check it out. That's what we learned from the life of Abraham. Next, we went to the life of David. And the lesson is, know who you are. Who you are does not depend on the size of Goliath. It depends on who God has made you. Who you are is known by revelation. It's not from your experience. Number three, we looked at the life of Joseph. And we learned from his life that you should serve joyfully and faithfully in every situation that you find yourself. Number four, we looked at the life of Elisha. And from that, we learned that spiritual gifts are needed. We can't run this Christian life living as ordinary men. We cannot be mere mortals. We are not mere mortals. We can't survive it. You can't survive this war in the flesh. You need spiritual gifts. And they are in 1 Corinthians 12. Learn them and apply them. Number five, we talked about Job. And from his life, we know that you should know by revelation, not by your experience. It is the word of God that is settled in heaven. Your experience will pass away. Okay? Then, number six is Mary. Number seven is Paul. And number eight is the little boy that had five loaves and two fishes. Now, if we look at Mary, yeah, okay. We are talking about Mary, we are talking about Paul, and we are talking about the little boy. So, I will leave where those scriptures are so that I will save time. I will just look at uh, <laughs> somebody is familiar with this. Somebody is feeling that I've seen this before. It has happened before. The man still rushed the thing. <laughs> Amen. If you look at Mary, hmm? Mary precipitated the first miracle that Jesus did. Before that, Mary had never seen Jesus perform any miracle. Never. And the prophet that came before Jesus was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist also did no miracle. And in the 40 years that were, in the 400 years before that, there was no prophet at all. They were called the silent years. What made Mary start expecting a miracle from Jesus? Hmm? It was because Mary had been hearing a lot of the word. And she knew and believed the word. At the time that Jesus was born, she had heard that this was the Messiah. You understand? She had heard this was the Messiah. She also knew that Jesus was conceived while she was a virgin. 
He knew. He also remembered that at the age of 12, he had more knowledge than the doctors of the law, than the most educated people. And everybody marveled at his knowledge. Beyond that, he must have had a lot of revelation in the word. Because she was sure that Jesus would do something. You know, like, like um, Abraham, she made the need of others her business. Remember what happened? The wine finished. And she went to Jesus and said, uh, Jesus. And Jesus said, Mommy. And she said, their wine has finished. Then what did Jesus say? Eh? What did Jesus say? Eh? Jesus said, my dear woman, how is that our business now? Hmm? How is that our business? Isn't that answer clear enough? He now went further to say that, you see, my time is not yet. Hmm? My time is not yet. So he also gave a reason. But you know what? Mary didn't take that no for an answer. What did Mary do? What did Mary do? You stand up. Stand up. 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 Now. Good. So what did Mary do? Tell me what Mary did now. Eh? Mary went and said to the servants, whatsoever he says to you, do it. What does that mean? Mary is saying, I heard you, but I'm still making my request. And their wine has finished, and I know you can do something about it. Did that knowledge come from our experience? No. Jesus had never done any miracle. That knowledge came by revelation inside her spirit man. Is that clear? Let your spirit man be full of knowledge and of revelation that has nothing to do with what you see around you. It was, she was very clear. So she said, uh, whatever he says to you, do it. And all the servants now went and stood by Jesus. All of them were looking at him. Yes, sir. They say we should take instructions from you, sir. The wine has finished. And we are waiting for your instructions, sir. And all of them stood around Jesus. And they waited. They were looking at him. Hmm? Yes? But he had already said, that is not our business now. My time has not yet come. But you know what happened there? Eh? Mary knew something that most of us don't know. Hmm? Mary knew that he would not ignore her request. That's what she knew. She knew he will not ignore my request. So when all of them stood there, he could easily have said, I am the Lord. Before Abraham was, I am. In my imperial majesty, I have already pronounced on this matter. I shall do nothing about it, woman, I have spoken. 
No, he didn't do that. He said, oh, he's still making this request. Okay. All right. Those jars are empty. You people are waiting for instruction. Yes, sir. He said, whatever you say to us, we should do. Oh. Okay. Go and fetch water and put into those jars. Each of the jars, there were six jars. Each of the jars could hold 30 gallons of water. Do you know what a gallon of water is? Eh? How many drinks of wine is one gallon of water? Each of the jars was 30 gallons. And there were six jars. 30 times 6, 180. Eh? Eh? A gallon is nearly 5 liters. How much wine does one person take? Eh? Maybe one quarter of a liter, otherwise he will get drunk. So you can imagine how many servings of wine. And it was the best quality wine. Hmm? The first miracle was based on a trust that Mary had that Jesus would not ignore my request. That's the basis. It was not planned. Amen. Hey, God will do things for you that he didn't plan. You should have the kind of faith that Mary had. Mary knew for sure. Do you know? It was that knowledge that pulled that miracle before time. It was not yet time. Mm. Amen. God will change the timetable for you. You should trust the love of God like Mary did. Trust the love of God like Mary did. And now, let us look, because you see, um, if you look at Luke 2, verse 51, it says that his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Mary was keeping all the sayings of men and of prophets, and of the angels, all the sayings about Jesus, she was keeping them in her heart. They were more real to her than the circumstances. Her trust was absolute. When you trust God, he doesn't blame you for it. He honors you for it. He responds to you favorably for it. Just trust God. Amen? Now look at Paul. In 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 28, I will actually read it because I said in the second service, the things that I didn't touch, I will touch them. Now, it says, Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him more. I have worked harder. I have been in prison more often than the other apostles. I have been whipped times without number. I have faced death again and again. Verse 24. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with iron rods. Once I was stoned. 
Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, beside all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Ah, so the man was enjoying life, man. Wasn't he? Eh? The lines have fallen to him in goodly places. Yeah? Yeah. He was enjoying, right? Man, he's blessed. The blessings of Abraham are his, right? 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 Listen, it's a tough world. It's a tough world. It's a tough call. But we are what? We are more than conquerors through Christ that lived. But this man kept going. Even when they said, the person that owns this thing, if he goes to Jerusalem, this is how he will be bound. What did he do? He still went to Jerusalem. What kept him going? 1 Corinthians 9, 16 to 19. What was it that kept Paul going? <laughs> Amen. What was it that kept Paul going? Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. This is 1 Corinthians 9, 16 to 19. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. But I have no choice, for God has given me this sacred trust. What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. What kept him going? I have no choice. War is me if I preach not the gospel. I have no choice. I have been so called. I have been so mandated. I have no choice. Even though I'm a free man, I've become a slave to all men that I may bring many to Christ. I must keep on trudging. Same thing applies to you. Now you only day, choir practice, night vigil, uh, day vigil, um, uh, this one, and workers meeting, ENCR, uh, he tear down, knock down, and put together. He uh, wash toilet, he cleans laundry, he, he uh, everything, everything. He pray, he fast, he, he pray, oh, he fast, oh, he pray, oh, he fast. Now only you, yes, now only you, and now only you. You are called to it. Do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is you if you? Mm -hmm. eh? It's your job. Mm -hmm. Jesus completed his own. You will what? You will complete your. Own. You will do it joyfully and it will be well with you, but it will be tough. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but what? The Lord delivered him from 
Uh -huh. And until they cut off the head of Paul, no problem. They cut off his head, he died, he went to heaven. No problem at all. And no problem at all. Amen. Say no problem at all. And say no problem at all. And say I have no choice. And say I have no choice. And say Jesus completed the will of the Father. Ah, Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. My meat is to do the will of the Father that sent me and to complete his work. And the same thing applies to you. You hear me? You will continue. Mm -hmm. And it will not kill you. Mm -hmm. It is still better to serve God than to serve the devil. When you serve the devil, eh, your reward is punishment in hell with the devil. When you serve God, what's your reward? Eh? Uh -huh. You have no choice, oh. Uh, you have no choice. Mm -hmm. Amen. Oh, yeah, call your name. Call your name. Call it. Call your name. Call it. Ah, you have no choice. Ah, you have no choice. <laughs> Though you are free, eh? Ah, you are a servant to all. That you may bring many to Christ. Ah, ah. You will complete your race, oh. Oh, yeah, call yourself. Call yourself. Say, call it. I will complete this race. Oh. This race that I started, I will complete it. I won't die before my time. Oh. Ah, Paul finished this race and he said it even before dying. I have completed my course. I have finished my race. Now a crown uh, of glory is laid up for me. I'm ready to go. Eh, oh. And when he was ready to go, they came and beheaded him. And his head bounced and bounced. And he went to heaven. Will anybody live forever? Hmm? Do you know that to die beheaded eh, is much easier than many of the deaths that many people die? Have you seen some people die of some sicknesses? You will see some people agonizing pain, 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 pain before they die. It's not easy. Oh. You see some people in an accident eh, and then they will die day like that, day like that, come die, come die, come die. It doesn't matter how I die, oh. yeah, but I will finish my work first. Amen? You will finish your own. You won't go before your time. And you have no choice. You will serve God. You will pay the whole price. You will endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. And you will win. And you will have your reward. It will be permanent. We will meet in heaven. We are not in any hurry to get there. But we will get there, amen? Glory be to God. And then the last is the boy that had five loaves and two fishes. That boy, okay, you will see his uh, story in John 6, 5 to 13. Now, God took everything that he had. All. They didn't leave him any, but he was better off. And then, he went home with uh, 12 baskets full. Sometimes God is going to take everything that you have. He likes it. Abraham, when he wanted Abraham to offer Isaac, he said, take your son. He now rubbed it in. Your only son... Because he has sent away Ishmael, your only son, and today I feel like eating roasted son. <laughs> so you will go to the mountain that I will show you, you will kill him, you will roast him. I want to eat, I'm hungry. <laughs> and uh, you know what uh, Abraham now did? 
Abraham now went to the mother of the son. Darling Sarah, and God is hungry today for roasted son. <laughs> so we are going to <laughs> kill our son <laughs> and offer him to God. No, he didn't. Because he knew what the woman will do. Say, uh-uh. you will kill me first. After you finish killing me, you can do what you like with the boy. Amen? And God said, now I know, Abraham, that you really trust me, you really love me. Now I know. And in blessing, I will bless you. Multiply, I will multiply you. And you will this. He first of all took everything that he had. Everybody look around. Look around you. Beautiful place. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. White, nice tent. Aluminium. Pure, clean. Solid floor. We've not finished paying for the land. Do you know that? Do you know it? We've not finished paying for the land. If God asks for everything that you are holding, give it to because we will finish paying and God will take that money from you. It is not to make you poorer. It is to make you richer. Hey, you have given everything that you have. I'll be here. Hey, you still have. Still give. Still give everything. But do it as the Spirit of God leads you and calls you. If you don't ask him, he won't speak to you. Go and ask him what you should give and what you should do. If he says, sell your house, sell it. I have sold what was the only house that I had to continue the assignment that God gave me. I was saying, Lord, where do we get the money for this next phase? He said, sell your house. My house was in Ikoyi. I sold it. Mm, sell your house. I did not lose. Amen? I didn't lose, oh. God knows you. He knows me. He knows what we need. And he will provide. But when we need in the house of God, make yourself available. God will bless you. It will be well with you. Amen? Glory be to God. Let's stand up. Stand up. And lift your two hands to God like this. Lift up your two hands. Glory be to God. Oh, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, pour your blessing upon your children that are here. Pour your blessing upon your children, Lord. Lord, breathe upon them and let the word that they have had enter into their spirit, man. Let it bless them. Let it strengthen them. Let it Convert them more and more into your image, O oh Lord. Let the life of Christ be fully formed in them, Lord. Lord, thank you for today. We bless you from the bottom of our hearts. In the name of Jesus.